Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. We have ignored the emotional well-being of one of the members of our show. And I feel like we've got to get to that here in just a second. But first, uh, something that you're going to hear tomorrow if you're listening on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday? Thursday? No, if you're listening or to this, the podcast right now, it's Thursday. We're recording it Thursday, June 18th. Yes. And if you listen to our show on the air on Friday, yes. um, it's actually pre-recorded. Yeah. It's yeah. pre-recorded, and so we don't say that a lot on the air. We don't ever really um, say that. No, yeah, because people are like, oh, no. But it's like new content you're getting, though. Like, we recorded a whole show. Right. Um, Because earlier this week, our company sent out an email saying that we're going to make June 19th a holiday. That's right. Because it is Juneteenth. And we uh, just finished putting the show together for tomorrow, and we sort of talked about what that has meant to you, um, Holly, you, Scott, and to me, Miguel, as a black person. And Holly, you really didn't know what Juneteenth was. Like, you'd heard about it? I ha- Here's the thing. I had heard about it, and I think, well, let's see. I think, honestly, the first time that it popped up, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the first time it popped up in my Apple calendar where they put holidays down, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's a, they put all the holidays. So it's like, you know, Arbor Day and President's Day and Ramadan and, and Juneteenth. And so typically I'll see that pop up or anything pop up that I'm unfamiliar with, and I'm like, what is this? Mm. So I believe, honestly, like it probably was about a year or two ago that I was like, Juneteenth? What is that? Mm. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I did not give it a second thought. Right. Didn't It didn't even cross my mind to give it a second thought. I'm like, well, I learned about something new today. High five. Scott. And then that's it. I was, I didn't really know what it was until probably a week ago. And I said it a little earlier about like, I think we might have touched on it in school. And now that I'm thinking back, I don't even know if we did. I just maybe I just recognized the word from seeing it on a calendar. You probably didn't. Learn I about probably it. didn't, but I also didn't know the extensiveness of like what it is until this week. And honestly, until a couple hours ago, I was like, "Holy moly, that is not what I even had envisioned." If anything, I just thought it was like freedom of slaves. But it's like, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. There's a little little backstory to that. There's a whole thing behind the history of that. That it's like now that I learned, I'm like. Well, there's another thing I got to tuck in my pocket, you know, help people understand that it's like you can't just put these things in a single line. Right. There's a lot more that you need to understand to get the bigger picture. And so probably like an hour ago, I'm like, feel like I could actually talk about it. Holly, what is Juneteenth? So it's a day in history when, well, it actually goes back further. Let me start further. Yeah. So 
I don't. Well, I don't have the date in front of me. Eight, it's 1893. 1863. Mm-hmm. Is that the original date or was it? That 61? is. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me open my history book here. Okay, so hold on. So because I know that it was. Yes, January first, eighteen sixty-three. The Emancipation Proclamation. Trouble with that word. I know. <laughs> and when we were recording the show, I was like, the Emancipation Proclamation issued by. Abraham Lincoln to free the slaves. That dispels slavery. Right. January 1st, 1863. So in 1863, slavery was supposed to have been no more. Abraham Lincoln signed it. It was a done deal. Let the slaves go, which was a huge moment in America's history because guess what? Slavery is bad. Yeah. Um, But the problem is, since it was the 1800s, how do you get that information to the whole country? Right. It's not like... You're watching it on TV. You're not getting a newspaper delivered out. You're definitely not on the internet. So the further you get from the nation's capital and the more that people don't want to free the slaves, because keep in mind, it's not like that was something the South went into willingly. No. They were made to release the slaves. That's what they went and fought the Civil War for so they could have that, uh, that economic free... Labor. Labor. Yes, exactly right. And by the way, as a quick side tangent, I don't know if you sent, uh, if you read the article that my friend Aaron linked to us on Twitter about why there is an interestingly liberal Democratic streak that goes through the South. Did you read that? No. I did watch a video about that. About so like So fascinating. You mean about like the Democratic Party and the Republican Party? No, no. I mean the reason why so many, because typically... The black people that have uh, ancestors that were slaves Mm -hmm. and the reason why, like, for example, why did Obama win so many in it looks like a wave, like there's a blue, Uh, a blue wave that goes through the south where mm -hmm. you would think typically most people would be voting um, for the uh, conservative slash Republican side in the south. Right. But there's like through Alabama, Louisiana, parts of Georgia and into South Carolina, there's this streak of um, typically black people that vote liberal for more rights and stuff like that. And the reason being is because the soil is so fertile there because the way that the continent used to be underwater, that used to be the shoreline. And it was like, this is it's some scientific paper that says that the the soil was so fertile for growing crops like cotton or any other type of crops that grow in that fertile soil that that's really why they needed the slaves because they had so much work to do and mm. they didn't want to pay anybody to do it. Right. So that's why there's such a heavy population of um of black people that all had former ancestors of slaves. Anyway, I just found it fascinating. It was a really Mm. intense article. So anyway, how do you get the information Mm -hmm. that, guess what, slaves are free all the way down there, all the way out west, Mm -hmm. into the the Midwest and the south and everything? And so you're thinking, well, for for the plantation owners and the slave owners that didn't want to let go of that free labor, what if they heard about the Emancipation Proclamation, but they didn't agree with it, and they were like, uh, we're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. We're just not going to do it. Right. So how do you make them do it? Mm. And if they don't want to do it and they decide they're not going to tell their slaves that the slaves are free. Right. What could happen? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what did happen for two full years. Two years. After the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, 
in Texas. Mm -hmm. And probably, I don't actually know this part, probably other areas, it took a little bit longer. I don't know if it was like, snap your fingers and everybody was free January 1st. I don't know. No, no, I don't believe so. It was probably, it it took time. Yeah, because I mean, you're telling these slave owners that you have to get rid of your what they thought was property. Correct. And your your free labor. And so you're basically abolishing that entire economic system, which is why they went to fight anyway. Right. Which is why to me when I just and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, I just wish I could go back in time when I distinctly remember some of my social studies teachers being like, well, the Civil War wasn't about slavery. It was about a way of life in the South. It was about the economy oh, yeah, yeah. and, what, what and way of states' life? rights. States' rights to own slaves, right. what, asshole. What do you think this is about? <laughs> Economics. Economics to what? Economically profitable for you because you weren't paying your workers. Yes. Anyway. Uh, I wouldn't anyway, go back in so, time. So, so, so I say all that to say, so then the Emancipation Proclamation is signed. Grudgingly, slave owners were like, fine. I'm sure they were not just like, fine. I'm sure there was like. Oh, yes. It was horrific probably for the slaves. But then so in, in Texas specifically, I feel, I, it, it was like, everybody was like, well, we're just not going to tell anybody. Yeah. And, and so, so then they it didn't. literally took a general, the army, the Union army going in and having to say, hey. You are free. You've right. been free for two years. So that's what years. happened on June 19th in then 1865, yep. right? Yep. And so the general goes in to Texas and he's like, hey, so you can't have slaves anymore. You haven't been able to for two years. And mm-hmm. the slaves were like, what? Right. So it was like this complete mind F. And that's why on June 19th, when the general wrote in and said, you cannot have slaves. Mm-hmm. Hello, it's been two years. That's why Juneteenth is celebrated. And so over the course of the year since then, uh, it's become sort of known as like Black Independence Day. Like that's when I remember learning the Black National Anthem that you can hear on one of Beyonce's albums. If you ask any black person, they can. Do you not know it? No, I sure don't. No, I didn't even know that was a thing. Sing a song. Nope, don't know. Oh, oh, girl. I'm this not is what bl- I'm saying. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, no, yeah. And see, this is why, just as if we needed another reason. But here's another reason why. Um, people that are like, there's nothing wrong. What more do black people want? Oh everything is this. Everything is fine. They got everything. Did you think. know about any of this? Because I sure didn't. Our history teachers did us a disservice, and chances are they, especially the ones in the South, probably didn't even know they were teaching wrong information because that's what they were told to teach. Yeah. Well, that's because the problem. The- it was like a statement. It was like, okay, slaves are free. And there was no like, okay, well, there's also states that didn't free their slaves. And it also led to Juneteenth. It's like mm-hmm. there's all these little things that that should be taught. You should teach all these intricate details that actually give the history behind Everything happening. I did learn about slavery. Like I did because you know, we I'm from Ohio and the Ohio River was a big thing in terms of that's where the line was. Mm -hmm. Once once you got over the Ohio River, you could be free. Right. Like that was where it was. It, if you took the Underground Railroad and mm-hmm. went up through the different states, oh my god, the Ohio River was like the the line of demarcation. So I know probably more than than some. I I don't know. I don't know. I know enough 
that I was like that that's where we learned about Harriet Tubman mm-hmm. and the Underground Railroad and a lot of historic homes in Ohio are still markers for the Underground Railroad because even though technically you got to the Ohio border with the Ohio River and then you were supposed to be free when you got to Ohio people would still chase the slaves into and it was still a little bit unsafe so leading mm-hmm. up to there in Kentucky and whatever there's a lot of safe houses that were the underground railroad and we learned about different markers in our city that were underground railroad markers because there were a lot of um it was still like a touchy time yeah so i even knew about that like i had all the history from the mm-hmm. the underground railroad and it was like a big learning point i have no idea i had no idea about juneteenth back then yeah and and we learned enough stuff about what i thought was enough um because we had that as part of our education uh if you watch the movie harriet uh it came out last year um and it's just it's so fascinating to me because i went to see that by myself uh, my boyfriend was out of town because normally I he, I make him sit through movies, but he's he he likes to watch it. Whereas I've dated people in the past that were like, "What black movie do we have to watch now?" Um, but like I went and saw Harriet by myself because I was like, "Well, nobody probably wants to see it, but I want to see it." And that's another great movie for you to watch and to sort of see just exactly what it took for Harriet Tubman and how truly, truly brave it was at that time to go back into the South when she was released. Correct. So if you go on to Netflix, and this is a little clip of it, this is Beyonce from her homecoming uh, Coachella performance, and she actually sang it. So you've probably heard it before, but if you're not black or you're not sure, like, you're like, oh, that's an interesting song. But, like, as a black person, you learn this growing up. Lift every voice. Lift every voice and sing. Now, when we learned the song, it wasn't as dramatic as Beyonce is doing it. very, like, ooh, I'm excited for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And then it went into oh, formation. Oh, man, I love that song so much. I got chills thinking that we would hear it, but we're not going to listen to that right now. I do it on my own time. Uh, but, yeah, so that is the Black National Anthem. Um, it was written by 
Uh, James, oh, where was it? James Weldon Johnson. He's considered uh, the first leader of the NAACP. Mm. Um, but there's so much history that, like, just I just know that I couldn't even, if you were like, all right, Miguel, what are some, like, black facts that you <laughs> learned? Hey, give me some black facts real yeah, quick. Yeah, be like, oh, give me some quick facts, some quick black facts. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, it just, I would have never thought that, you know, no one else outside of a black people know the black national anthem, you know, but there's so many things like that. Yeah, no, I have that no idea. You just you Literally, have no clue about. I was today years old when I found out about that. <laughs> yeah, right now. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so just take some time to uh, immerse yourself in black culture. And even if you listen to this um, over the weekend or the week after, it doesn't hurt. There's so many resources that has been posted by so many people. I mean, all you got to do is just Google like Black Lives Matter or anything like that. And you're going to get tons of resources or how do I become an ally mm. or how do I become not racist or how do I talk to my family about not being racist? I mean, there's so many different things you can do um, real quick before we transition to the next part of the conversation. Um, we got this really cool review on Apple Podcasts because if you listen on there, please rate and review us and subscribe. And this review was left yesterday. Uh, hi, everyone. The podcast posted on June 12th about white people experiencing racism was so insightful. I have to admit, I took a longer way to work so I could listen longer. I've quoted you guys and shared so much of your words with my own followers on Instagram and the talk, TikTok. Mm. Uh, you have taught me not to attack or block when people are maintaining their resistant opinions. And I can't express to you how grateful I am for sharing such helpful and useful information. As a white woman, I am so eager to learn and understand the error of my own ways. And you have helped me take that step to do so. Thank you for being so great. So thank you. Thank you so much for having an open mind and, yeah. and listening and really taking in these words. Because I have to admit, for me, the last couple of weeks have been a little uncomfortable because as a radio person, um, what you hear on the air is like, it's like us plus 10%. Mm -hmm. But then also, like, we are an entertainment program. At the end of the day, like, our jobs, it's not to educate, to inspire. Our jobs is to get the most people to listen so we can get advertisers and keep the lights on. Yeah. I mean, when you boil it down, that's... It's a business that wants money. It is. It's a business. It is. And But then every personality has their own personality, their own struggle that they bring to their show. And through the years, I feel like I always felt like the majority of our audience is white. And, you know... Me on during the month of February being like, ooh, let's do a Black History Month segment, like, doesn't really sound that exciting. Yeah, it, and by the way, we've sort of been taught don't don't rock the boat, right? You want which apparently learning about Black history is rocking the boat. It is. It's mm. it's controversial to say Black Lives Matter, and so the fact that we're in this new age in literally just the past two and a half three weeks where people are asking questions and they're having these conversations. It's been eye-opening for me um, to being able to share these experiences that I was always kind of like, well, nobody really cares. Right. So I, you know, I never shared that I went to go see Harriet by myself because I was like, nobody cares. That was personal for me. And I sat there with my little popcorn and my little chicken nuggets. And I was like, girl, you get it. And I cried. And I was like, get it, Harriet, get it, honey. But like, 
that's not something that I would bring to the show, but we're in this new awakening that I find so wonderful that people are open to learning about different cultures. So thank you for listening, yeah. Miguel and Holly fan member. Real quick, before we go, Scott, we've neglected your emotional well-being. Have we? Yeah, we have. You got a lot going on. I do, but I don't know. Eh, I just, I just feel like, you know, there's, like I've said in previous podcasts, there's a lot of fires going on. In my, I feel like my head's on a circle of fire where it's like everywhere I look, that's an escape in my life. It's kind of like a fire. So your girlfriend's leaving tomorrow. Yes. My girlfriend is going back tomorrow to uh, Virginia to go back to dental school, which like, hell yeah. Not to completely derail this. I'm just, every time we talk about this, why is she going back in mid-June? Does, like, a new semester start in July? Yeah, yeah, they start, they, they're still, they've never stopped. They just went to online. Right. And so now it's like they're getting back to classes pretty much. Like, they have a summer semester, mm. so that's what she's going back to do. Okay, I was confused. So, it like, it would, every time we talk about it, I would want to ask that but not derail the conversation. I was just curious. Mm. Yeah, no, she still has school. And the biggest thing is, like, when she's in dental school, like, Half of their day is literally just in a lab, like, working on a dummy. Well, yeah. And, like, playing around and cutting up teeth, doing stuff like that. I, I don't even know how to do I it. I want my dentist to have done that. Uh, oh, yes. uh, You don't want them to have done it virtually. Uh, no, no, no. No, I want my dentist to work on a dummy. Yes. No. So she's going back there tomorrow. And it's just kind of, it's weird because I feel like the last three months have been, like, it's literally, like, magical. It's like, you know, when we went into the whole start of our long-distance relationship, I didn't think it would rock the boat as much as it rocked the boat. I didn't think we'd be in situations where it's like, do we know each other? Like, are we going to make it? And like, like mm. before we went into the situation, I was like, no doubt. Like, come on. Like, you're my best friend. We we work. That's what we do. Right. And it rocked the boat. There's yeah. moments, plenty of moments where I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is hard as hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be able to do this? Are we going to make it through all of this? And even her and I have had conversations, especially in the beginning, where it's like we looked each other in the face and said, like, I just don't feel connected to you right now. Like, I don't really know what what is going on in your life. What is that? Are we going to be able to reconnect? I think that's anybody that's gone through distance with a relationship. They're like, well, when I get back, are we going to be the same? Are we going to be able to come back together? And one thing that has been very amazing to see after, you know, with quarantine and her coming back to Florida and me being able to see her is like, we rekindled. We came back better than ever. You right. know, seeing her is like we never skipped a beat. And so going into this next year, it's for me, it's it's nice to know that there's obviously going to be tough times. The boat's going to get rocked. But I do know that when we come back together, there's something stronger between us than we know that's going to help us rekindle. It's, it goes in all different directions. Me with her family, me with her nephews and nieces, feeling like I'm literally part of the family. Her and my family, where everyone's always asking about her and wanting to talk to just her, not even me. Where I'm like, there's something there that is like obviously worth fighting for. And hopefully when those months come and those days happen, that we remember those things. Because mm. one thing we've realized is there's not going to... there's. Not every day is going to be perfect. There's going to be days where you literally don't know if it's going to happen. Right. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I do know right now that we have something worth fighting for. And we have something that, to me, like, I want. I want that. I don't want to leave that because we had distance make us feel like we're not connected and not made for each other. Because I think we have something bigger than I could imagine. And I want to continue fighting for that and see what happens. 
and again, it's it's wild that it's still another three years. But then again, I blinked my eyes, and now we're done with one. So it's crazy to know that we're going into another one. But here we go. It's just it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, and it's gonna be different trying to travel over there during a pandemic and what's that gonna look like. But as of right now, here we go. Do you want a socially distant hug? <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I think what's I'll gonna... give you an actual hug. I just found out I don't have coronavirus. But, but you don't know if he does. Oh yeah. See, that... no, I'm okay. I think that it's gonna hit tomorrow when it always hits. Like after I realize, it's like I I just have to call you, and mm. you know, calling you's nice, and FaceTiming you's nice, but right, it's so much better when you're just right there. Mm. When you could, you don't have to say anything. You could just sit next to each other, and you just feel complete. Man, ain't that the truth? Like sometimes. And that's a problem with phone calls and FaceTime is that you have to actively do stuff. Yeah. Like you have to actively talk about stuff. Right. You can't just sit in silence right. on and, FaceTime and, and just enjoy each other's company. Correct. It's just different. Like you don't do that on FaceTime. Yeah. I get that. And it's like when you, but then it's so, it puts your relationship through such a, a blender because then it's like, well, when you do get together, you're like, should we just be sitting right now? Are you yeah. okay? Are you okay? Mm. Do you want to do something? Should we be talking about something? Like, right. It's tough. Yeah. Well, we're sending you hugs, Scott. Yes. Thank you. I'll thank make you. you. I'll make you a dinner this weekend. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I okay. got you, boo boo. Thank mm. you. Yeah, it'll be okay. I mean, you know, we're gonna see what happens and keep on taking it day by day. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Scott, what's your social media? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Holly? Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And Holly on Hot 101.5 on Facebook. You can listen to our podcast. It is online on the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, iHeartRadio, on the Amazon Echo. Just type in Miguel and Holly Uncensored. And I still got some pride stickers. Send me an email over the weekend so I can get it out to you. Miguel at hot1015tampabay.com. That's my email address. Just make sure to send me your full name and your address. Uh, before we go, I just found real quick this really cool story from, uh, I think it's 60 Minutes or Sunday Morning on CBS. And they talk about uh, lift every voice. <laughs> okay, oh, stop. Oh. Nope. Oh. Some- That's called a virus. Uh, someone's trying to call me. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, that's our meeting we have to go to. Oh, we have well, a meeting? Yeah, we have a meeting, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, but we're going to get to this first. All right. Happy, happy Juneteenth. Yes. Today, Flag Day, we honor the star-spangled banner of our national anthem. But in recent days, we've been hearing more about another song, a song often referred to as the Black National Anthem. Lift every voice and sing. Lift every voice and sing was written as a poem by African-American educator and activist James Weldon Johnson in the late 1800s. It was first recited by students at the segregated Stanton School in Jacksonville, Florida on Abraham Lincoln's birthday in 1900. Let our rejoicing rise. James Johnson's brother, John Rosamond Johnson, set the poem to music. And in 1919, the song was adopted by the NAACP. Its lyrics speak to the African-American struggle for freedom and equality. Out of the gloomy past, 
Over the years, countless church choirs and performers have lifted up their voices to sing its words of hope, including Kim Weston at the 1972 Los Angeles Coliseum Benefit Concert, memorialized in the film Wattstacks. Lift every voice and sing Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.